Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I am joined by John Edwards. Just a guy in the pew. That's right. Today, I'm just a guy in the booth. Just a guy in the booth. (laughs) And uh, it's so awesome you're here. I think this is like your uh, fourth or fifth or sixth. I'm looking for like one of those green jackets you get when you win the Masters or one of those. Yeah, right. Actually, you get an extra donut. Oh, do Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, if we could get some service around this place, it's (laughs) awful. Uh, We'll get you an extra donut. I hear you. Where's Tom or Ziggy? They got one of those laying around? After your next visit, you'll get a chocolate-covered donut. So that's a special treat. Oh, wow. Let's hope we get to that point, that stage in your career. That's right. I'm hoping it's soon because you're making me very hungry. I can only imagine how hungry you might be because you're a big tall boy. That's so, right. <laughs> all right. So uh, we, uh, it's, it's good that you're here. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think we have an interesting topic today. And thanks for helping us out with this sure. particular topic. Um, and we're going to call it Assumption. Now, you would actually come to me and said, like, hey, we should do a show on Assumption. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I go immediately to Catholic doctrine. That's right. You're thinking of Mary. <laughs> the glorious Assumption. It's like, sure. yeah, body and soul into heaven. This is awesome. We should talk about the glorious Assumption because of August, you know. And, uh, and you're like, no, idiot. You're just assuming that I'm saying... <laughs> I did not call a deacon of the church an idiot. That no, that's is... <laughs> right. That's right. I think you said stupid. That's right. I don't know that's what you said. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, you said wrong again. That's right. Uh, no, no, but 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 you said I was just assuming that that's what it was about. And, and there are problems when I make assumptions like that. And mm-hmm. so really, actually, you wanted to do a show, and I heartily agreed, mm-hmm. that we should do a really a show about essentially making assumptions. Sure. And uh, And sometimes that doesn't go well for us. No, a lot of the time. And, and part of the reason I wanted to do a show is because I've failed a lot in this in my life. I, I you know, it, it's so obvious sometimes. Do you hear the bell ring when you I said you failed? Bell. It's like, yeah, when you failed, it's every so every time it rings. That's right. <laughs> they just they just uh, hit that bell in agreement. He messed us up a lot. Ding. Right answer. <laughs> but uh, that, a lot of times, like I've, I've realized in my own head, you know, we something that's simple we can take that is is, is innocent and, and turn it in our heads towards Something that a conversation with somebody that we we think about, our thoughts get out of control, they spiral, and all of a sudden we start assuming the negative or the worst in people, even so people that e- are close to us. Even something that is not necessarily innocent. Maybe right. there are some problems. We sure. make it way worse yeah. than it actually <laughs> is. Yeah, and I, I actually think about a couple times uh, in my life specifically where. I you know I get a I get a text I get an email I get a call that says hey you need to come in because blah 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 we got to say this we got someone want to talk about that and I I I can still actually sort of play it all out in my head mm-hmm. as I'm as I'm driving there I'm 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 playing the whole scene out in my head sure and I'm getting mad as a hornet yeah, I've been there and I'm going like you know and then so and so is going to say this and then they're going to say that and then I'm going to reply this innocently because I'm, I'm right in this section and, mm-hmm. and, then, and then they're going to say this and they're going to pull at this and this is going to happen then they're going to bring in these people next thing you know and it's like I've played out this whole scene that never existed right I mean it, it, never, it didn't happen yeah. I mean I made it all up in my head even if I had good reason that it might go down that path I let it go way too far down that path mm-hmm. to the point where it 
changed me physiologically because my my heart's beating faster, my blood pressure's up. Yeah, red in right? the face, exactly. And angry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it happens a lot, and it, it, we we vilify people when we do that. Like I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a slice of humble pie when I've had all that what you just described, like already filmed out in my head, and the scenes have been playing in my mind, and I show up and I've realized like, oh man, everything I thought. Like everything I thought this person was trying to do or wanted or was trying to take advantage of me or whatever it is, all of a sudden I show up several times and it's like, no, that's not the case. They literally thought the opposite and they just wanted to help or they wanted something specific other than what I thought. And it's just, I, I can't tell you how many times in my life that I have wasted hours of my life and and just treated other people, you know, the other people around me that were my children and my wife a certain way because I was so obsessed in, uh, with these assumptions that I had placed in my own mind. And it allows the devil to come in there. He loves to play in those things, right? He's just sitting there watching you laughing with all this stuff spinning through your head because you can very easily destroy relationships with or this yourself. sort of behavior. Or yourself, yeah. And, and so, you know, the thing is, like, oftentimes we never go beyond our own assumptions and we don't meet people where they are. So, you know, we we stay in our thoughts and that's where we get into into trouble. We don't we don't allow the benefit of the doubt for a lot of people. You know, for the most of us, the the people that are close to us in our lives, they've earned that right, right? If it's friends or family members or people that we trust, they've earned that right. Uh, in our life, to have to to for, to receive the benefit of the doubt from to us, to be treated as a human, yeah, to be treated as a human being, right? Instead of just this, I'm going to assume the worst, and you see it very, um, you know, often with young people now. And I say young people; I mean, I'm 41, but I mean like. You know, younger people That's with old phones. To young people. It is. I guess it is now. I don't want to admit it. But I'm really old to young people. <laughs> but you look at it, and, I, and I've seen friends of mine that have teenagers. You know, my children aren't that old yet, but I've seen some, you know, friends with kids that age. And they'll come in, they'll be like, Mom, look at this. They said hello. Like, can you believe they said that? What do you think they mean by that? I can't believe they're such a jerk. I can't believe they said hello to me. And, of course, I'm being facetious to make this up, but, like, those are things that you see. And right. young people, it destroys friendships. It destroys relationships because, you know, we, we've gone to these mediums like that where conversation and opportunities it's to, become the, the conversation is minimalistic, right? right. So it's tiny. It's, it, and, mm-hmm. and we have to extrapolate meanings, context, feelings sure. from a few words. And the only choices we have are the words themselves and whether or not they're in caps. Right. I mean, when it comes to things like texts and emails, right? So, I mean, and everyone knows, should know by now, there's almost no reason why you should ever text or email anything in all caps. Sure. I mean, when you say <laughs> words in all caps, you're yelling. And, mm-hmm. there's, and now it's like, uh, we need to shut that yelling down. Yeah. Even though there's only ones and zeros, there's no actual noise that happens other than the tapping on your keys. And but the problem is we can start to read so much into that little bit of information. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that tells me is, um, you know, well, first of all, I I, I ratify what you say. I agree with what you mm-hmm. say because I've been there so many times, and I imagine you have. Sure. And it can just end in such a bad place. Yeah. Right. And and so I agree that that's a problem. Yeah, you can wreck, I mean, you seriously can wreck relationships. And it's funny how we have this proclivity to to always go to the negative in our mind. Like, I know I do a lot. I have to fight it. I, instead of saying, like, well, maybe they meant the best for me. 
it's almost like the needle always goes to the right to the like full on negative. Well, what did they mean by that? Or the, surely you, they you'll meant, find the extreme. Yeah, right. You don't say like, oh, they probably didn't mean anything. Right. In fact, I get mad at my friends who go like, well, they didn't mean anything. It's like, mm-hmm. well, what do you know? Because what I think is, and all of a sudden I'm playing something out, and they're looking at me like. Dude, where, where, are you writing a script here? What is what's going on? Is this going to be a big uh, new Netflix special or something? Because you're writing this drama out that's yeah. not really even happened. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is when you sit back and the times that I've seen it come out of it, and especially gotten that humble pie I talked about earlier, I look back and it may have been days where I have just been spinning this weave in my mind, this this storyline that I've created, and. I look at back at all the energy and all the time and the, right. the interactions that I had with other people that were not probably the best because I was consumed by this idea. Yeah, because it affects you idea. not just in that relationship. But in all of them. Everything. Right. It's like it, just when you get mad, anybody walks in your area while you're mad is probably not going to get the best version of you. And and it's the same things with these assumptions. When we let these these sort of myths that we're spinning in our head control the narrative of our life. And it controls everything around us, not only the physical, physiological part you talked about, but just the, the day-to-day interactions with folks. And it ruins things. Right. right? It's, and like I, I just know from my own experience with a large family, is, and it goes viral. Yeah. I mean, it changes the whole tenor of your house mm-hmm. when you show up and other stuff's been going on in the house all day, which you, ha- you are not even necessarily privy to. Sure. And then you, like they come in, they, they, someone asks an innocent question, and you turn and, and unload Right, and that's all been tempered by what you've been. What you know? What when I get home, they're probably going to do this, and they probably haven't done that, and this mm-hmm. is going to be late, and this is not going to be ready. And they said they were going to do that, and they didn't do it. And by golly, I need. I'm sick and tired of people not following through with what they're doing. Yep. And I've been caught in that thing, and then I show up, and it's like done. Mm-hmm. And what I what I what I've had to actually uh, remind myself to do is to, is to stop and say, Hey, by the way, I just want to pull you aside and say, thank you. You, that was awesome. Sure. And I'm going to be honest with you and think I, I wasn't hundred percent sure that would be done. And it was done. Like when a kid does a chore or sure. they say they're going to pick something up or clean something up or move something or pull some weed out of the yard that we, yeah. you talked about or whatever it is. It's the same shoe that's in the same place for it, six days it, in a row. Exactly. Isn't yeah. that always the case? That's exactly yeah. what you're going to find when you get home, by the way. Um, and so it's, it's, I, I have to consciously, go the opposite direction to try to, I don't say make up for, mm-hmm. but to kind of be able to um, uh, fix what I broke mentally. Sure. And that's, I mean, that's that's a slice of humility right there, right, to be able to do that. But a lot of the times, like, it just, it doesn't wind up going that way. I, I think of how many times Angela has said something to me, my wife, and and she, she's she never wrong. By I know, the way. I know. It's always you. You screw everything up. I need to get up. that in my head and, and start <laughs> just like tattooing that to every part of my body, so I remember it. But no, there's just been times where she'll say something or I say something, and what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? You know, and you get that that response to where you think like, okay, well, I just I meant. That, excuse me, hit the mic. This is <laughs> I, the radio, and yeah. that big metal thing in front of you is the thing that That's records right. your voice. So I think that, like, I'm assuming that she meant something that she didn't, and I know that's happened so many times in marriages because we just we put these these things out here. We we say these half truths sometimes, and and it leads the other person to um, just make their own assumptions, and which we, we've talked about gets in a bad place. So you know the, what we have to do is really start to understand. And Albert Einstein said this, I think. Like I remember reading him 
this where he said assumptions are made and most assumptions are wrong. Yes. <laughs> and there's truth in that. Like it's just we He is also, by the way, a lot of people don't realize this. He is the one that actually coined the phrase, when you assume you make a something out of you and me. I, was, <laughs> I, right. I think that was You can I tell started. me what that something is after the show. It I has mean. to do with a donkey. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. But that's that's the thing we have to realize and, and something that I think it's why Saint Paul calls us in the in the gospel, I mean not in the gospel, in his writings, the New Testament, to take our thoughts captive and make them enslaved to Christ is that this is a huge problem that we can let our minds run wild and it's where the the devil likes to play he likes to take these things and and sort of whisper like when i have these assumptions i can almost picture the devil in the ear like the old cartoons with the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other where he's whispering what they mean by that what they probably don't like you what i mean what a jerk are you going to take that from them and then all of a sudden you're going no i'm not no i'm not Yes, they are a jerk. No, I don't like them. And next thing you know, it's like he, you're a puppet, right? He's, he's working the controls and, yeah. and your reactions and everything else are what he's in control of. And then you lay waste to relationships and things in your life. And that's what he wants. He wants to separate us from each other. He wants us to separate from God. And he wants us chasing our tails all day long. And there's not a better way to do that than to be in your thoughts and your head and controlling what you think about the people around you. I know. And, and especially when we do this stuff in our head, sometimes essentially we... Every, everything that we're working with is bad information. Mm-hmm. It's false. It's not even true. Yeah. And, and even if some of it's based in some kind of truth, we take it to the point where it's like it's no longer true. Sure. Right? So that's falsehood. And again, that's also the, the devil's bailiwick. That's where he likes to live in, all the, in the lies. He's the author yeah. of lies. I mean, that's what Scripture calls him. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is we need to stop. Uh, we, we need to cancel our subscription <laughs> right, to that particular service. Sure. You know, yeah. and so that can be a challenge. So we have more to talk about here in this uh, um, the, the not so glorious assumptions that we make. Yeah. I'm uh, assuming we're coming back after the break. <laughs> we are. Uh, well, you might not be, but, oh, but okay. <laughs> don't assume that you're coming back. And, and so uh, we will. We're, we are going to take a break. But before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. We're so glad that John Edwards, just a guy in the pew, uh, is here with us, and uh, he will be. I'm gonna go. Ahead let him know now he's he's past muster he's going to be with us in this in the in the next half of this show so we will see you all right after this i'm bester zemski and this is another great moment in church history imagine that you are the leader of a small theater troupe in early rome And imagine that the emperor was coming to your theater to see your play. Well, that's exactly what tradition tells us about Genesius, an actor who lived and worked in Rome in the late 3rd century. Genesius wanted more than anything to impress his emperor, the famous Diocletian, who was well known for his intense hatred and relentless persecution of the early Christians. Genesius decided to produce and act in a play that mocked the followers of Christ, for he knew that this would find great favor with his emperor, and perhaps help him to advance himself in the Roman art society. But, as is sometimes the case, all did not go as planned. His big performance before the emperor was to be his last. In the play, which was meant as a parody of the Christian faith, Genesius portrayed a catechumen no longer seeking baptism. But, as the play progressed toward the final climatic scene, one legend tells us that Genesius suddenly had a vision of heaven and of angels. 
struck with fear and perhaps a realization of the sinful path he had chosen for his life, he fell to the stage floor as if he were sick. Two actors portraying a priest and an exorcist came to him to offer assistance, unsure if he was truly ill or just improvising a new scene. They asked him what he desired, and he told them, I want to be baptized. They now knew he was no longer acting, and the play would not end as written. They tried to get him off the stage, but he refused. Overcome by the Holy Spirit, he again demanded to be baptized. Needless to say, Emperor Diocletian was not enjoying himself. He soon became infuriated. He immediately had Genesius arrested and hauled before the prefect of the Praetorium. The prefect tortured Genesius in an attempt to get him to recant his Christian profession of faith. Genesius refused to recant. He was now and would be forever a follower of Jesus. Emperor Diocletian had Genesius beheaded. Although he did not receive a baptism of water as he had requested, he did receive a baptism of the blood that he shed in union with his Savior, Jesus Christ. He lived as an actor, but he died a Christian martyr. St. Genesius is the patron saint of actors, comedians, clowns, musicians, dancers, and lawyers. His feast day is celebrated August 25th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm talking to John Edwards, uh, and we're talking about making assumptions Mm -hmm. and what that can lead us to do, unfortunately. And, you know, we were kind of like, you know, in between our breaks, a lot of people think we just eat donuts. Uh, but this time we decided to crack open the Bible, yeah. which is kind of like eating a donut because it's 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 fun, it's exciting, it's sure. whatever. So all it's these people <laughs> that thought we were eating donuts need to feel bad about themselves because they assumed they the wrong assumed thing. They assumed the wrong thing. No, we were reading the Bible and we were, you know, we just kind of randomly flipped open to uh, uh, 1 Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone generally likes to go to 1 Samuel for whatever reason, <laughs> as we do, and we're kind of looking at the story of Saul and David. Mm-hmm. And so there's some there's some really like weird stuff going on there, and we don't want to go through the whole thing, but we basically see where Saul is jealous of David, mm-hmm. right? And so jealousy, which is essentially the source of a lot of problems, yeah, for sure, right? Because it, it it shows your insecurity, it's whatever. But um, that jealousy is what leads to Saul to think things about David that aren't that end up not being true. Mm-hmm. I mean, for instance, when uh, now I could understand why Saul is jealous because, you know, he's a big guy, big dude, lots of stuff going on, some victories, you know, he's he's killed some bad guys, you know, and 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 then like here come the uh, the dancing girls out into the, the the public square to sing a lovely song that they've written, and the lyrics of this thing are incredible. Yeah. I'm sur- I'm surprised that it's not been set to a a hip hop song there you you know, in modern day, but here are the lyrics. Uh, according to the New American Bible, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. That's those are the lyrics. Yeah. Um, so they're singing this out in the streets, you know. And it's like if someone came up and said Deacon Jeff has slain his thousands, I'd be like, going, "You darn right, thousands! Check that out." <laughs> but if the second line of the song is 
and John Edwards has slain his 10,000s, I'd be like going, what? I mean, you're just like, that's 10 times as many as me. See, I don't see anything wrong with that. I know you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But if it bothers you, we can talk about it. (laughs) But what's so funny about that, I say funny, but it essentially leads Saul on this lifelong quest to destroy Mm -hmm. David. Yeah. No, it sure does. I mean, it, and you see that with power a lot. You know, people that have power are always nervous. They're always worried that someone's going to take it the, away the from Where is the attack? Them. Where's the attack right. coming from? Yeah, I need to be ready. Yeah, that's the thing. So many people wish to be on top, but then when they get there, they realize that they're pretty much um, nervous about everybody else coming and taking what they have. And so Saul allows that jealousy to start driving this, I've got to get rid of him before he does something and to so me. And so what do you think's happening in Saul's mind? I think he's just assuming that David wants that power, that he's longing for what he has, and he's going to take that <laughs> Do you him. think he's having some conversation in his mind, oh, uh, in his oh, mind about, about David and, yeah. and, and saying the things that I say when I'm driving on the way to some sure. potentially uh, uncomfortable meeting? All that stuff is spinning around in his head. I mean, he's just sitting there thinking, if I don't do something, if I don't do something, he's going to take this. I'm going to lose that. You know, I can't lose my kingship, all of that. So he starts to plot to kill him. You know, and he starts chasing him around the countryside. And But you've got Jonathan, you know, Saul's son, who who loves David, who is like a brother to him ever since. Which he probably hates too. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He assumes that he's more but loyal. Dad, this guy is so nice. He's sure. he's like the perfect king. Yeah, that's the other thing is that Jonathan actually said, David, I, this you should be king, not me. And I'm sure that rang in Saul's head as well. But. Yeah. But then Saul's going and chasing around the country, and what happens is all these assumptions where he's driven, like he's basically paying attention to nothing else going on in his kingdom other than finding David and killing him before he can, in his mind, do something to him. So he eventually, you know, goes looking for him, and uh, well, among all yeah. the times he goes looking for sure, him, sure, there's a bunch of them. And and uh, but what's so cool about this whole episode, uh, with going without going into all of the. Uh, the detail sure. of uh, you know Kaliah and the Ziphites and all these various <laughs> and sundry people that we don't know who they are, but they're bad guys and sure. and whatnot. Um, is he comes across him, um, and it's like it's night and day mm-hmm. to what he thought was going to happen and what he thought would be the deal. I mean, the the scene is kind of perfect because he's he's on his way looking for David, mm-hmm. and then um, he's like he's got his his troops with him. So Saul's got his troops, and they're ready to basically go and kill David. That's what they're on the, the war path, right? And so what naturally happens, like if you've ever been on a car trip you know, yes. with, the, with the kids, <laughs> and then all of a sudden someone says, Dad, you know, yeah. you know what that dad is, you've got to go to the restaurant. Too many Pepsis. And yeah. <laughs> that's what I love about the Bible is because the Bible, it speaks truth. And it says um, essentially um, that, that when they, they, were, they came upon some caves and they stopped there because Saul had to ease nature. Sure. So apparently nature was building up and nature was creating an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so they go to a cave, right? It's a perfect place. I mean, they didn't have like Stuckies or the drive through places. <laughs> you didn't have a McDonald's no back then. No, no gloves, gas yeah. stations. <laughs> um, so they went to a, he went to a cave. And then deep in the recesses of the cave, the scripture tells us, there are David and his men. Mm-hmm. So they have the, the encounter right there. David essentially gets the drop on him. And so David, at that point, then... In Saul's mind, because he made the assumption, mm-hmm. is, oh, he's going to kill me now. Yeah. Like, David actually cuts off a piece of his hair and holds on to it later, his cloak or something. I can't remember his exactly. His, 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 uh, his cloak. Yeah, mantle. Yeah. and then he, His mantle of authority. And he shows it to him. He says, look, I could have killed you, but I didn't. And it, it's amazing because it's such a good example. He actually even says, it says he even regrets doing it. Sure. It's like, uh-huh. you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. Because, so, so there, here's the thing. There is a little truth. <laughs> 
to what Saul is thinking. Mm-hmm. But Saul takes it way too far. He assumes things that aren't true, and it builds to the point where it becomes a, a horrible untruth. Yeah. There is some animosity between the two of them. Sure. It's not a warm and fuzzy relationship. But what happens is Saul, actually, by his actions, because he, he lets those thoughts control him, creates more than what was ever actually there. And creates the place where he's getting ready to come to his death Sure, in sure. his mind. Yeah, who he didn't even know that anybody was in that cave with him. And David had that opportunity. And it's just, I can tell you that's happened in my life. Not where I've been in a cave and, you know, with nature and people are trying to kill me. <laughs> but but <laughs> that I've been there where I've, I've made these assumptions about people and things. And the next thing you know... Like when it comes to that point where you where you come together, you find out that those assumptions haven't been true. And the reality is, he found that in a big way. Yeah. Because ultimately, like um, it, it's really neat where it says David's servants said to him, "This is like, and this is in the uh, the twenty fourth chapter. We're at this point in First Samuel. And David's servants said to him, "This is the day of which the Lord said to you, I will deliver your enemy into your grasp. So do with him as you see fit.' Right? And everyone thinks." They probably agree with Saul. They mm-hmm. think this is what's getting ready to happen, but that's not what David does. Sure. In fact, David bows down to him. Ba- David actually says, I would never kill the Lord's anointed. And Saul is the Lord's anointed. He mm-hmm. actually gives him praise, bows down to him, and it's like, oh, wait. And I mean, Saul has to go, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, but that's such a lesson for us to learn because it's not at all what Saul thought it was going to be. Sure. All because of an assumption. Right. And, and we're called, like, in our lives, as, as you very well know, to be thinking the best of people, to putting be putting our neighbor first, to always give those, like we said earlier in the show, the, the benefit, benefit of, the, of doubt. the doubt. And we don't. And it would, causes a lot of I would add to that. Because people are like, well, what, 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 what do we do then? Mm-hmm. I mean, in this day and age, we all are familiar with that term fake news, and sure. I don't really want to go into the politics of yeah. it. But the point is, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not real. Yeah. And so these assumptions we have in our head are not real. They're not based in reality. And so it really behooves us and will benefit us to, uh, greatly and all those around us if we could actually just get the facts. Mm-hmm. So as I'm driving to that uncomfortable meeting, can I wait till I get into the meeting? Now, I want to be prepared in certain ways, but can I wait there to find out what they actually think and actually let them speak? And me actually listen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a shocker help. right there. Right. But you're right. It, would, it changes everything. Right. And we have to realize that, that's, that we have to take that narrative back, that we can't just let it run wild. We can't let the devil have his fun and, and cause us to ruin relationships in our life. We have to take that narrative back and, and understand, like you're saying, let me be rational about this. Let me wait until I know what's actually going on before I make these assumptions. And, and let's also, things. let's not even talk about just the assumptions that happen with all the people people around we, we also need to stop assuming what we think god thinks about us oh sure putting ourselves in the trash heap because even god couldn't love me right we can't keep having those self-defeating and uh horrible mean bad awful assumptions that ruin our lives and the lives of everyone sure. around us we've got to actually forget those kind of assumptions and you know what we need to turn to mary speaking of assumptions now, yeah. speaking of uh, the glorious assumption <laughs> go. let's go to her and, and go to our mama and say you know ask her for her intercession in helping us through these difficult situations hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy, holy mary, mary mother of god, god pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the, the hour, hour of our death, death. Amen. amen thanks for listening to the catholic cafe if you'd like to contact deacon jeff send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes 
or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.